The Down in a Heap podcast from Rob C. is one of the only podcasts that I can stand to listen to. I'm Froth from the Thought Eater podcast, and I approve this message. In old school games, life is cheap. Don't be a dope. Bring your pole, oil, and rope, and try not to go down in a heap. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast. I'm your host, Rob, podcasting to you live from beautiful Northeast Minneapolis. At the top of the show there, you heard my old pal Froth from the Thought Eater podcast, Thought Eater blog. Now, I guess I have to face facts. It's defunct, but it's still one of my favorite podcasts ever. And I hope Froth, if you're out there and listening, I hope you're doing well. And backing that up, Taylor from the Clerics Wear Ringmail blog and the Whispering GM podcast, bringing us into OSR October in style with his best Bella Lugosi, serving the dual purpose, OSR October 2023, October, Halloween season, Monster Madness, yes, It is indeed October again. It's hard for me to believe. It seems like I just was (laughs) finishing up October, uh, OSR October last year. And here we are again. It's been a long time. It's been a lot happening here lately at home. Well, actually not a lot happening. Just one kind of singular thing, which is kind of occupying my time. And that is, or my attention and my mind, I guess. And that is that Mary is been under the weather with a terrible skin infection and that has uh yeah hospitalized her for a little while and has her at home getting in-home health care and uh yeah it's been quite the odyssey i don't wish it on anyone and uh yeah we we had a trip up north to the north shore a cabin there um that we love uh and our latest trip to the wound specialist, the doctor advised us not to go in part because it might not be best to, you know, <laughs> leave uh, the current situation we're at where she's getting health care and, and uh, getting looked at and uh, for some remote cabin on the North Shore Lake Superior. But more so that by, uh, by not having in health or in home health care for a week and basically admitting yes we're not housebound we're going on vacation we would have to end the uh that in in home care which the doctor feels she still needs for another three four five weeks and uh so yeah we we're gonna play it safe and follow the doctor's advice and uh that's where we're at. Normally this would be my uh, gaming night, but Brian uh, was unavailable this week and I am fried to a crisp. My employer celebrated their 40th anniversary uh, of the business. It's a family-owned chain of upscale grocery stores and uh, they had a huge event yesterday 
And of course, it happened to follow, fall on uh, you know the last weekend of the month, which means that it's inventory tomorrow. So today I was in the back counting the cooler, tomorrow counting the floor, and uh, going in at 5 in the morning. So I would have had to... Um, to bow out early for the gaming session anyway, so it just didn't really make sense to A, play with one less person, but more importantly, just to get together for an hour and a half or something. So we're postponing for the week. But, uh, yeah, so Planet, Planet Eris is on hold. So what, pray tell, am I? Who am I? If you're coming to this podcast for the first time, if you haven't... Uh, experienced this before maybe you've heard of osr october and been directed this way by some other luminary my name is rob i've been podcasting for i think will be five years in december hard to believe i've been gaming since or playing D D since 1981 started with the Mulvey box set and quickly moved on to AD&D. Like many people, there were big gaps in my playing, but uh, came back and uh, I've been playing kind of a old school in OSR games pr- primarily f- since uh, I think t- maybe t- 2012. One of my one of the guys uh, that I play with, Keith, is someone I've been playing with pretty much from the get go since we were 13. So yeah, it's. Uh, what else? Oh, I'm, I'm a cheesemonger by trade, and so I love cheese, I love gaming, I love history, I love baseball. Those are kind of my, oh, and old movies too, especially film noir and monster movies, universal monster movies. So that's who I am, that's what you're getting in for, and this is guerrilla podcasting at its, well, maybe not best, but that's what it is. Guerrilla podcasting, punk rock podcasting, no frills, just me, an iPhone, the occasional guest or um, more likely callers calling in with feedback. And I hope I get feedback from you on what the heck is OSR October? OSR October is a kooky idea I had last year where in the month of October, people would podcast or blog or do YouTube videos about the OSR scene. And most importantly, the OSR scene that they enjoy, that they think is really productive and helpful and spreading the, the gaming love. And, uh, Last year, I did a podcast, I don't know, it was almost daily. I think I did maybe like 26 or 27 episodes in October. And I had them kind of grouped with uh, concepts based on the day of the week each each week. And I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm almost certain I won't be doing nearly as many podcasts as I did last year. I just kind of ran out out of steam and... I don't know if any, anyone really wants to hear me babbling that much. But last year I had quite a few people join in the fun. There was Daniel from Bandit's Keep, Jason over at Nerds RPG Variety Cast, 
Taylor from who you heard uh, doing Bella Lugosi there, doing uh, on the Whispering GM. Kevin over at Red Caps, the Pink Phantom at Phantom Thoughts, John Large at the Red Dice Diaries, Evil Jeff at Minions and Musings, Spencer, a.k.a. Freethrall, at Keep Off the Borderlands, Barry at Shadow of the GM, Rob, also known as Menion, from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, BJ at the Arcane Alienist, and Goblin's Henchman at the Eponymous Podcast blog and other RPG goodness. And I really don't have any idea how many people are going to participate this year. I'm kind of, uh, (laughs) my own, uh, battles with technology. I fail my saving throw versus tech virtually every time I try and deal with anything that's more troublesome than turning on a device. So I've somehow managed to, uh, banish myself from discord and I just really haven't, um, it's, (laughs) I tend to just kind of roll over and just accept what's happened as fate, but I'm not really uh, plugged in so well to what's going on anymore. So I don't really know who's going to be doing it. I know for sure Jason over at nerds RPG variety cast is doing it because he dropped a podcast today, earlier today. Um, and I know, uh, Chicago is one of the godfathers of the OSR who has a podcast called the Dungeon Master's Handbook, which you should check out, especially if you're a fan of AD&D or OD&D or Chainmail. Uh, he is planning on participating this year, so that's very cool. I look forward to seeing what Chicago is does. And I hope all those other people are too, and even more. It would be really cool if uh, if people kind of celebrated the the whole scene and uh yeah did did at least one podcast or one blog entry or something uh this month in honor of that it's you know it's it's to me kind of the perfect month it's my favorite month it's the weather is agreeable with me it's uh the changing seasons it's all the associations with horror dave arneson's birthday is in october so to me, it just kind of makes sense that October is the the month that is perfect for doing this. And uh, yeah, so I'd if you have any topics you want to hear about, you know, lay it on me. That would be great. I do have a few plans, a few uh, supplements and scenarios and all that that I'd like to take a look at. I'm hoping that I can get my pal Keith on. Um, at least once, maybe multiple times, maybe three or four, who knows? We'll, we'll see what we can come up with. It's always uh, interesting to hear Keith's take on things. And it would be fun to have uh, my other uh, gaming pals in my current group, Brian and Adam, involved as well. So I'll see if I can wrangle any of those guys in too. So to kick off OSR October... I've had this kooky bottle of pop at my refrigerator that I bought about a month ago. We started carrying these weird novelty sodas. Um, and, of course, being a cheesemonger, I had to get this one. It's uh, by W.T. Heck Sodas. So I'm assuming it's What the Heck Sodas for the discerning drinker. And it <laughs> has a, a gentleman with a monocle and a top hat and a bow tie 
superimposed over cheese? What the hell? It's blue cheese dressing soda. <laughs> I haven't been able to bring myself to, to try and gag this down. Um, I have no idea what it's going to taste like. Um, there's also things like spaghetti and bacon-flavored sodas and stuff. But, uh, you know, I love blue cheese, especially, I mean, good blue cheese. This thing, it is blue. It's kind of the color of antifreeze. So uh, I'm going to set down the phone for a minute while I crack open the, the bottle. Oop, it's not a twisty. Dang it, and I don't have my church key with me. All right, uh, another break here. Shake it. No, don't shake it. It's carbonated. Uh, so let's see here. We're going to crack it open. Man, this thing is uh, sweaty. The uh, I said earlier it's uh, October is the agreeable weather and stuff, but not today. It's We were in a heat spell here. The it got a, I think it got to 91 today. Crazy for October in, in Minnesota. In fact, they canceled the Twin Cities Marathon, I think, because of the record heat and humidity. They didn't, probably didn't want people just keeling over and going down in a heap on the, on the course. But uh, So this pop is all sweaty. So let me crack this baby open here. Hmm. It doesn't smell like anything. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting it to smell like. All right, uh, bottoms up. I feel like I'm in uh, some kind of rifle platoon in Stalingrad here drinking uh, antifreeze to <laughs> try, and, try and put myself away. Well... This doesn't taste anything like blue cheese dressing. It uh, it essentially tastes like sugar water. I am not. I don't get anything that tastes like blue cheese cheese dressing out of this. If anything, it tastes like a little bit like cream soda. So it's not bad, but it sure isn't uh, what they're advertising. <laughs> Oh, I wonder what the ingredients are here, if I can find it. Oh, it's the, written so small. Yeah, I can't even read it, even with my bifocals here. The, the lighting down the rumpus room isn't all that great. All right, so, well, that's pretty anticlimactic. It's it's not disgusting. It's not delicious. It's just sugary water. All right, so OSR October. What the heck is the OSR? Well, you can go back and listen to my first episode from last year and hear me... Uh, blubber and babble about that for half an hour or something suffice it to say i'm my opinions really haven't changed uh and uh, nor has my disclaimer i i am not some kind of authority on the osr i'm not the czar of the osr and i am just an enthusiast of the scene and the old games and the games that are kind of emulating those and twisting on those i think it's best to think of the OSR scene as something of a language in that uh, it's the system that kind of mat that matters. It's, uh, it's a common set of terms and terminology. So to me, it's all about 
compatibility with TSR era D and D. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you can, uh, to a lesser degree, it's a little bit about play style, um, which is perhaps best described by like an idealized play style, at least for the OSR in Matt Finch's primer for old school gaming. Um, but really I think it's, it's mainly just the games, the scenarios, the supplements, um, that revolve around uh, this these different takes, these different looks at TSR era D and D and compatibility with that, and I think that's the most useful way to think of it uh, is having this shared language that allows us to have these conversations and understand what we're all talking about. And when you start veering off that path a little too far. I think you start getting a little less OSR. And that's just my opinion, man. <laughs> so that doesn't mean that uh, I think my opinion is right for you or is the only one. It's just mine. And uh, if you think that Gamma World is OSR or that um, Karen is OSR or whatever, that's that's fine. Or Troika or whatever, or DCC. I don't, but that's just me. So, you know, who cares? It's just me, another dopey RPG enthusiast, blabbering away. But, you know, we do have people that always... That, is this like year six where someone has said the OSR is dead or is the OSR dead or something? And it's not dead. And anyone that's saying that is just going for clickbait and they're as cockeyed as anyone having some kind of hopeful thoughts that Watsy's dead or something too. It's, it's not going to happen. It's just a bunch of malarkey and, um, Pay no attention to the troll behind the curtain, right? If you need no further evidence, just look at a few recent Kickstarters of, I think, undeniably OSR product. You have uh, Greg Gillespie just recently wrapping up Dragon Slayer. His take, um, I think he described it as a, a new role-playing game system that's taking the BX chassis, basically, and adding AD&D Chrome to it, so... And uh, all the art kind of gloss that he has in all his mega dungeons and stuff. He's wanting kind of a this unified experience, uh, not only with the, the text, but the art and stuff, too. He wants this to be um, a whole kind of inspirational tome. Uh, and that had 620 backers. Kind of modest, but uh, raised, well, it was in Canadian dollars. I did the conversion a little over $43,000. So not huge, but definitely noteworthy, right? I mean, I wouldn't sneeze at $43,000. Before that, you had Matt Finch doing yet another version of Swords and Wizardry. This Swords and Wizardry complete revised. You'd think, oh, not another version of Swords and Wizardry. No one's going to back that, right? Well, 2,801 souls backed it 
to the tune of $146,656. And that's for a game that's, I think this is like the third, fourth printing of Swords and Wizardry Complete. Um, So there's still appetite for that. And the grand, the big daddy, the big daddy of the OSR, Gavin Norman over at Necrotic Gnome, has been working on Dolmenwood for years, and he finally kickstarted the new edition. It was kind of coming, had been released in all these like kind of zines and stuff, and this is a compilation with the full uh, Cadillac edition kind of thing. 10,862 backers, among them Keith. Pledging $1,389,313. Yep. OSR's dead. <laughs> so, uh, I listened to an episode over from uh, Monsters and Treasure, the podcast that Daniel from Daniel Norton from Bandit's Keep does with uh, K.R. King. And uh, who does... Oh, I can't remember. The, he's got a YouTube channel, and I can't remember what it is. Anyway, they they do a great podcast together, and they did one about the new shiny and uh, how people are continually chasing that um, that holy grail of game systems. Right, this is going to be the one, or this one has you know just the right tweaks to it to make it perfect. And I've always thought that if you've played long enough, you can kind of make your own. Which isn't to say that it's not worthwhile backing all these different endeavors because, A, I think, especially when they're like premium books, like, say, what Glenn Seal puts out for from Monkey Blood Design with the Midlands and stuff, or... Um, what... Uh, Jeff Tolanian, his Hyperborea game and stuff. Um, some of the, and, and, uh, well, it's not really to me an OSR game, but like the latest version of Into the Odd that released that Chris McDowell put out of that. I mean, it's just, this is like, uh, it's almost a work of art, you know? So, yeah, I think it's great to, to back, especially these physical copies that, that have all these inc- this incredible art and maps and uh, and just the the aesthetics the 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 paper the uh, the Smithsonian binding all these things that I just love in in books, but they also have interesting ideas and stuff too. And I tend to back things that have more unique takes or things that I just kind of want to see. And so I like Nave. I backed Nave second edition because I think it's, it's got a unique take. Um, and it might offer something I can add to my OSR game. Uh, even if I don't play it as written, it's inspirational fodder. And I also want to just kind of support people that are putting out cool things. Right. So, uh, so you've got that, but this whole idea of kind of chasing the new shiny, and I totally get that. I mean, I don't know how many OSR games there are that, you know, when you when you dig deep, it's 
it's base it's just D&D, right? All these things are essentially just D&D. They're just takes on it with different essentially people's own house rules and stuff that they put out. And um whether you play Lamentations of the Flame Princess or Swords and Wizardry or this new Dragon Slayer or the OSR rules set out of Black Pudding or uh, Labyrinth Lord or basic fantasy role-playing. I mean, there's just dozens of these things. Hyperborea, you know, they've all got their merits and their fans, and it kind of splinters the fan base a little bit, much like I think D&D is going to see some splintering too with, you know, with Shadow Dark pulling away some people and Tales of the Valiant pulling away some people. And of course, Pathfinder already has pulled away a big portion of the audience. And uh, uh, this new game that's going to be released by the Critical Role people, Dagger Heart, is that what it's called? So, but, you know, it's not going to be the breakup of AT&T. Uh, Watsy is still going to be the big kid on the block. They're going to be the, the Monopoly. But it's not quite the Monopoly it used to be. And with the OSR, it's even more splintered. But I think there's still a general camaraderie among all the people that play all these games because we share this kind of same basic language that they're all relatively compatible with one another. They're all virtually plug-and-play. I can pick up a basic fantasy role-playing game scenario and run it my BX game, no problem. I can pick up a Castles and Crusades module and play it with hardly any tweaking or Hyperborea or any of these things. It's not much work. It's, it's essentially the same language with maybe some different slang or something, you know? And as far as chasing the new shiny, I kind of think we've always chased the new shiny. I think back to my gaming as a kid, and, you know, I started gaming when I was 14, I think. And by the time I was graduating from high school, we had probably already, like, mowed through at least half a dozen games that we had played. We had played AD&D. And BXD&D, we had played Traveler, and Top Secret, and Gamma World, and Rollmaster, and I don't know if we played Merp, or that was after high school, and we dabbled a little bit with Stormbringer. We had all these games, and now there's even more of them, so it just continually feeds this kind of wanderlust that I think most gamers have we a lot of us have like the collector kind of gene in us but we also have the the like book lover gene and we have the the just the curiosity and to me it just lends itself to it's just like war games i'm not satisfied i was never satisfied just playing panzer blitz or just playing Third Reich, or just playing War and Peace. I wanted to play all these different games, right? And I feel the same way about role-playing games. And um, and I know there are people out there that that uh, 
get really tired of system hopping or looking at other systems or why are we changing it's we're fine with this game or whatever you know but uh but i think it's i think it can be a little a little juice a little boost and even if you like just kind of steal a couple ideas from a game and add them to your game and maybe it makes it better maybe it doesn't but it makes it interesting so new shiny yeah i get that and I get where some people might get frustrated with it, but I, th- I don't think it's anything new. I think it's just um, something that's become a little bit more prominent because now anyone can really publish a role-playing game set of rules, right? I mean, if you've got a computer, you can do it. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So... Rather than continuing to ramble on, I'm going to stop now because I need to go to bed (laughs) and I'm tired. So uh, let's see, throughout OSR October, if I get call-ins and stuff, I'll probably, like last year, consolidate it all into one call-in show. If I don't get enough calls, I'll just roll them into uh, future episodes. If you do want to place, give me some feedback... You can either send me a voicemail in Spotify for Podcasters, if you can somehow find Down in a Heap. Uh, you can send me a voice message through my email. If you send me some kind of file or something, I'll probably be able to figure out how to add it to my episode. My email is bigbalboni at gmail.com. That's B-I-G-B-A-L-B-O-N-I at gmail.com or you can just send me an email there too if you want and I can read it out for you but I'd rather that it was you talking I've got a bunch of uh, versions of my theme song that I'll be playing throughout OSR October if you have a version that you want to submit likewise send that over and I'll play it so Happy October! (laughs) Uh, I'll eventually, I'm not sure if I'll do an episode tomorrow or Tuesday or whenever, but I'll be dropping them throughout the month. So, happy OSR October, happy Monster Month, and until I talk to you again, thanks for listening. Don't go down in a heap. My strength has returned. My wounds have healed. Thanks to Ariel's magic. Nothing to it. It's all in the wrist. I wonder if this shit's gonna turn my pee blue. Hmm.